Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks for listening. This segment of the show is brought to you by the Values Institute and features David Chirac of Vote Resnick and Chirac LLP of Irvine, California. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Uh, we're going to talk about buy-sell agreements, and um, uh, the theme is riches to rags, how poor planning can ruin your business. So before we jump into that, Dave, tell me a little bit about your background. Let our listeners know a little bit about you personally. Sure. Um, I've been practicing for 14 years. Uh, my primary area of practice is uh, business planning, taxation, and estate planning, and in many ways, merging the three together to make sure that the client is best represented. Okay. And uh, when you started uh, the practice of law, did you originally just figure you were going to go right into business practice, or what were your early aspirations? No, funny enough, my undergraduate degree is in criminal justice, so I had every intention of becoming a prosecutor or a defense attorney. And in law school, one of my professors, who was a uh, former IRS attorney for many years, encouraged me to pr proceed with uh, education and tax, and uh, I'm here today. Well, I wonder what that path would have been like for you. <laughs> Your blood pressure would probably have been a little bit higher, probably. But, Well, uh, now tell me about the firm, Dave. How long have you been with Vote, Resnick, and Chirac, and when did you become partner? Uh, I've been with the firm for about 13 years. I bought in as a partner in 2004, and uh, the firm is really centered around representing a closely held business owners in pretty much all facets of their business life. Uh, most of us have a tax emphasis in our uh, legal education or background, uh, including myself. Three, three of us are licensed to practice before the U.S. tax courts, and it kind of fit really well with the areas that I wanted to practice in and use my uh, tax degree, uh, both in the business planning and estate planning areas. All types and sizes of businesses? Uh, Do you work with any particular niches? Um, our client's uniform theme is that they're closely held businesses, usually less than 75 owners or members of the business. We don't represent any public companies, and uh, we think we add a lot of value as being kind of there as the right hand for the legal issues that come up on the day-to-day -day activities of those size businesses. From startup to close down kind of thing, or, or do you want to be that, that business's trusted advisor from, from beginning to end? Yeah, the, the businesses uh, that that engage us may engage us uh, in pre-formation and help plan the business, um, and then ongoing uh, business issues that come up, dealing with employees and dealing with transition planning, uh, selling the company, or if one of the clients dies or the owners dies, we help with the transition and, and uh, sale of that practice. And your firm works with hundreds and hundreds of businesses, right? I mean, is it you, you, you guys are the trusted advisor, people love you they keep coming back and as they grow and things change uh, you have resources to serve all of their needs as far as uh, being a business owner right yeah we um we represent actually thousands of, of businesses sorry <laughs> <laughs> um you know over the years the firm has been in existence for 40 years so it, it really has oh, a, okay. a rich history behind it uh, we're a small practice we're only uh, right now 11 lawyers and um but all the lawyers have eight or more years experience so that the that business owner or that individual calls 
calls, they can get an immediate answer to their issue that day rather than waiting for a call back for days or weeks from a, you know a sole practitioner or a different style of firm. That can be frustrating uh, when people really need those those answers. They really need them. So we're going to talk a little bit about the buy-sell agreement and uh, a particular area of interest to businesses with more than one shareholder. Uh, tell us about, first of all, shallow end, who needs a buy-sell agreement, Dave? Well, uh, certainly anybody that has um, more than one owner of the business, and this could even be between spouses, really should have some sort of buy-sell agreement in place, either a separate written instrument or at least a transitional uh, language within the operating document, be it an operating agreement or within the bylaws of the corporation. So anybody that is going to be dealing with an ownership interest in somebody else's hands as well really should have these, these components in place. And a buy-sell has been described as, this is what we agreed to the last time we agreed <laughs> to talk about these issues. And it covers a wide variety of topics, right, of things that can happen to people and to business owners, whether it's health issues, death, divorce, dissolution. There's a whole bunch of Ds in there, I know that. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes you see when you look at someone's buy-sell agreement when they first come to you? Uh, the common mistakes that we see in buy-sell agreements is that the client has prepared, maybe prepared the document, but hasn't integrated it with the rest of their business life or their estate personal life. So when we look through the document, for example, the buy-sell agreement may be binding on uh, the parties and name the individual shareholders, but in reality, they've funded their shares into their revocable trust. And so now you need to have language to make sure that that successor trustee can exercise those rights because, as you mentioned, one of the Ds is death, and uh, that shareholder will no longer be there, uh, but perhaps their successor trustee will. Uh, if they don't have a trust, then you need to make sure that the their will and the language within their will covers those types of issues so that the probate court that would assume jurisdiction over that piece of the business has the mechanics in place to make sure that the business can continue. What about, uh, we're, we're living in Southern California, so let's talk about the other D that, that happens a lot around here. What about divorce? Uh, do buy-sells that you look at typically cover um, the, the, uh, the desired outcome for divorce? Or, or, or Tell us about that. Yeah, many buy-sell agreements, when you have a separate written instrument, does cover divorce, and most of what we consider a boilerplate provision might just give the uh, preferred spouse, the spouse that is operating the business, uh, a right to buy out the other spouse in, uh, that is not operating the business in the event of divorce. But in many times, uh, what we see is there's a challenge to the actual instrument itself, the capacity to execute, perhaps the wife did not or the husband did not consent to the terms of that agreement when it was first executed. Uh, perhaps the shares were originally issued as co community property, and maybe that is only binding on the husband or the wife's share with respect to the buy-sell provisions because they signed it as an individual. There's a myriad of issues that come up uh, with respect to how those instruments are executed and how the ownership of the business was structured uh, that are often not addressed in typical planning. And of course, with, with divorce can come remarriage for a shareholder who then needs to address that maybe outside of the buy-sell agreement with, what, prenuptials or things like that? I mean, is that an important aspect if you're a business owner to to talk with you before they before you walk down the aisle? Yeah, absolutely. We In a second marriage situation, we'll typically see them come in, discuss uh, separate property trusts, uh, mechanisms to continue to hold the property interests, 
uh, make sure their successor trustees or their executors, if they're going to have just a will, are uh, put in place that understand the business and can make sure it continues as a business enterprise. The worst case situation would be to put someone in place that doesn't know anything about the business, and now that key principal that was running the show uh, is no longer there to be able to help that business continue and thrive in the same manner as the decedent did. And I've talked at length with valuation experts about valuation clauses and provisions, but with all the buy-sells you look at, you must probably see some that are uh, don't make sense at certain times of the business. Is that another area that, that buy-sells have shortcomings in? Yeah, one of the common uh, things that you'd want to make sure you incorporate within a buy-sell agreement is to uh, have some sort of mechanism to deal with dispute resolution, be it a valuation issue, uh, be it the terms of the agreement, ownership structure. Uh, those types of dispute resolution uh, processes can help add value to the business at the end of the day when that agreement needs to be used for whatever reason, death, divorce, or disability, uh, so that somebody uh, who perhaps brings in most of the business is no longer there, that valuation formula may not necessarily work for their shares because the diminution in value of that, that individual's efforts that built the business. So even though you might have a perfect provision within the agreement, uh, it can all fall apart at the seams uh, when you realize that that value is not there for the person that's going to acquire that interest. Got it. Thanks very much, Dave. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to ask you for some client stories and some tips and ideas and precautions for our listeners. We're talking with David Chirac of Vote Resnick and Chirac LLP. We'll be right back. The law firm of Vote, Resnick, and Chirac provides high-quality service and solutions to businesses and individuals in a wide range of matters. Yes, we're attorneys, but we're also business partners. We judge our success by the results we achieve for our clients. We are committed to delivering excellence, value, and personal attention to our clients' legal concerns. For more information, contact David Chirac at 949-851-9001. That's 949-851-9001. I wish I would have thought ahead. 20 years ago, the world was my oyster. Business was great, and I could have easily started putting money away for the future. Would have never even missed it. By now, I'd have a monthly tax-free income. Oh, well, it's too late for me, but not for you. Call Bill Black, the exit coach, at Exit and Retirement Strategies, and have him talk to you about a plan. Call 866-370-3774. Do it today because tomorrow comes mighty fast. Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you'll find all of their interviews and highlights online at exacoachradio.com, or you can find us on iTunes. I'm top, talking with David Chirac of Vote Resnick and Chirac LLP. And, Dave, before the break, we talked about things that can go awry and design situations for buy-sell agreements. Can you tell us about a couple of client stories, uh, a client that you started working with and what their situation was before and what you did with them and what, what the outcome was after you were done? Sure. Probably the best example I can start with to, for you know bad planning, uh, ruining a business, is um, several years ago we had a, a client that was a surviving spouse of an individual and looking at the surviving spouse's situation, it was clear that the decedent wanted to provide uh, solely for her benefit for the rest of her life. Um, unfortunately, he was a business partner with his brother and in a real estate enterprise. 
and the terms of the buy-sell agreement that he did have with very good counsel that prepared it uh, did not integrate well with his estate planning documents. The two uh, attorneys were different. So when it came to implementing the actual estate plan, the terms of his trust did not coincide with the terms of the, the buy-sell agreement. And we were dealing with, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a title issue where his buy-sell agreement was binding on him as an individual as opposed to his trustee. And uh, you know, ultimately, we were able to resolve the issue and get a, a portion in settlement uh, for the wife. But a significant amount of the value of the business was lost because at this time, uh, during this five-year period where we were trying to resolve the issues, uh, the business declined significantly in value. The uh, decedent's brother also declined in health. And what was left were essentially nieces and nephews that couldn't run the business uh, the same way that the decedent or his brother could. And so you know, simple planning could have been implemented where that family could have saved significant wealth to transfer to the rest of their family in the future. Unhappy Thanksgivings. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say that whenever someone's pulling out their buy-sell agreement, they ought to pull out their living trust or their other estate planning documents as well to make sure that they still dovetail, that it still all makes sense. A lot of I know a lot of owners want to save costs and they'll go to an attorney and say, I just want to buy sell. But if that's not integrated, they're, they're setting themselves up for potential unhappy Thanksgivings. Yeah, when we uh, meet with a new client, uh, particularly in forming a new business, we want to sit down with them and talk about uh, having the exit in mind, and be that exit death, divorce, disability, or sale, they really should be planning for how they're going to exit that business and make sure that there's a smooth transition from the beginning. If they haven't done that already, it's important to pull together the full team of advisors, their CPA, their attorney, uh, their financial advisor, and make sure that the documents are in place that can coordinate that transition and accomplish their planning goals. And at the same time that the mechanisms are put in place and the, the right people are put into place so that they all know what each is doing to make sure that that can happen. These days, a lot of business owners seem to gravitate to LLC kind of structures. And in the, at least the, the uh, operating agreements that I've seen for LLCs, they seem to have some kind of buy-sell kind of language, at least rudimentary language built into them. Uh, do you advise clients typically to consider going beyond what's in those operating agreement type of, uh, of, of uh, provisions uh, for buy-sell? Yeah, typically the boilerplate provisions we would see in a buy-sell agreement or the, within an operating agreement um, really just cover some of the basics. Um, but when you delve deeper into that business, perhaps it's a, a real estate holding enterprise and perhaps they have loans that are collateralized uh, not just by the property that they own, but also by the principal owners of that LLC. Uh, we have a situation right now with one of our clients that has multiple LLCs holding different commercial properties and the loans were not only collateralized on those properties but also the personal signature guarantee of our client who is now deceased and so the simple boilerplate language within a LLC agreement doesn't cover those collateral commitments with the banks uh, and it makes for a very difficult administration because at date of death typically all those loans are called because you're now you know, have a deficiency the personal guarantee of that one individual owner um, so those those agreements should also be looked at. Uh, we re typically recommend a separate written agreement uh, that supersedes the operating agreement terms. 
Very good. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about California versus other states as far as LLCs and protection and things along those lines. Why does California get a bad rap for not protecting business owners as well as other states? Well, I think when you're talking from a, a business entity standpoint, uh, people often think, "Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to have a better uh, choice of law or jurisdiction in some other state that's more business friendly, as opposed to um, historically employee friendly within California." And what's not uncommon is when someone sues a, a business, oftentimes they'll also sue the owners as well, just to include them as additional party, even though they may not have all the facts to support uh, piercing the corporate veil, so to speak, to go after the individual owners. Um, California uh, is a, a litigation-rich environment, and there are a number of people that, that bring claims within California, but I don't think that there's any less protection in California law. Uh, the important thing is, if this is something that you would want to plan for, make sure that the documents, the structures, and the corporate compliance, treating the corporation as a separate legal entity, are the most important steps to protect that individual, as opposed to forming the company in a different state. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, we have about two minutes left. Can you give our listeners a, uh, a couple tips, ideas, or precautions, things that they should think about perhaps in, in this area? Yeah, one of the important things is you know make sure your ownership structure of your business is taken care of. If you do have a trust, make sure that the share certificates for a corporation or the operating agreement identifies the trustee of that trust as the owner of that property. Also make sure that the instrument doesn't have any uh, special individual that's appointed to deal with perhaps a dispute resolution process that might be in conflict with the terms of the trust, successor trustee or executor under those instruments. Uh, another important tip is make sure that your advisors are well aware of this planning, uh, including your financial advisors, like the example with the collateral commitments with the bank. Uh, the bank didn't know uh, that this individual was naming, also naming them as a trustee of his various trusts. And uh, ultimately, that bank also held the loans, so it didn't fit within their administration parameters to basically service their own debt uh, and re-sign the loans and deal with that collateral commitment. So making sure all of your advisors are aware of these instruments is important. Great tips. Thanks very much. So, Dave, uh, in our last few seconds here, how do people get in touch with you and your firm best? Uh, the best way is to give us a call. We're located in primarily in Newport Beach. We also have a satellite office up in Los Angeles, right off Olympic. Uh, the firm started four years ago up in Los Angeles, and about 40% of our client base is still there. And we serve as far south as San Diego. Uh, we have a, a significant client base in San Diego all the way to the border. Okay. Uh, you can reach us at our primary office number, which is 949-851-9001. We have an 800 number for uh, the L.A. office as well, which you can find on our website, which is uh, vrslaw.net. vrslaw.net. And you had a special offer, it looks like, for listeners. You want to describe that, or you want me to? <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. For any of the first five people that uh, contact uh, me and, and mention the show, uh, we'll provide a review of their existing buy-sell agreement or other business transition documents uh, and give them our analysis and suggestions, no cost or obligation. That's fantastic. So just uh, call call David and mention the Exacoach Radio Show, and uh, they'll take a look at your documents. You'll get some great advice there. Dave, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a great interview, and I learned a lot from it. I hope our listeners did, too. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 